0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester and welcome to Wait, What? The Comics and Pop Culture Podcast coming to you from the Not-So-Solitary Fortress. That is WaitWhatPodcast.com. You say it's your birthday? It's my birthday too. Yes, this episode will be released on my birthday. But Graham McMillan and I are still here for you, whatnots, with a close to two-hour discussion about the nerd explosions of 1966 and 1974, as well as a super-long rambling discussion about superhero TV shows including Gotham, Luke Cage, Smallville, Legends of Tomorrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Incredible Hulk, and much, much more. There may or may not be show notes, because hey, it is my birthday. But definitely check out WaitWhatPodcast.com and leave us comments and questions at Wait at Gmail.com, And we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy, and thank you for
1: listening.
2: Jeff Lester. Graham McMillan, hello. Hey, Jeff. Yes, Graham. Happy future birthday, although when this goes live, it'll be your birthday. That's right, everyone. It's Jeff Lester's birthday. Thank you, thank you very much. Although when we record it, it's not your birthday because obviously we record things in advance, and also because of your birthday, we're recording this significantly in advance. Well, yeah, semi-significantly, yeah, a, a week ahead, Jeff. Well, that's not like two months ahead or something like sure. that. Sure, <laughs> like it's true. It's to within we're twenty fourteen. Exactly. But at the same time, normally we record things a couple of days before it release, so that a week ahead. In fact, what not? Because of Jeff's birthday, because this is just what he liked for his birthday. This is the third podcast we've recorded this weekend. God. Yeah, that was my birthday request, Graham. Please. <laughs> No no, won't watch your birthday request. I think we should tell people. Jeff Lester's having a vacation.
0: That's right. For his birthday. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. I will be far away from all of this uh by the time you hear this. I will That's be, true. By the time you hear this I will be dead. <laughs> I will be dead. I hope not, Graham. That's kind of not where I was going with it, but I I, I, I appreciate the spin. Uh, yeah, no. I I will be um I will be taking a, an internet vacation, a vacation from the day job, a vacation from solid land. Lots of vacations, all rolled into one. So it should be Jeff's
2: exciting. going to exist on a gas on this vacation. That's what he's saying. <laughs> a vacation from solid land. <laughs> yes, Graham. Thank you. Thank you so much. So yeah,
1: it's, it's a- my birthday.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And also I should point out what nods. This isn't any old birthday. Jeff Lester is turning twenty nine years old this year. <laughs> Sorry, Graham. Twenty nine years young. Twenty nine years <laughs> young. That's that's true. Twenty nine <laughs> again, Jeff. No really. Uh Jeff Lester, like the monkeys, like the Adam S. Batman, and like Star Trek, oh, is turning 50 years old this wow. year.
0: Wow. Yep.
2: I, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you the, so the much. The big 5 as yep. they say. Secondly, I think genuinely think it's great that you share your birthday year with those three things.
0: Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I did not really know that until you pointed it out. So it's, uh you know, you would think that I would be end
2: up being a lot more camp. Than I am, you know
1: That's true.
2: Yeah. when you look at those Four things together mm-hmm. The monkey, Star Trek, Batman, and you You are the least camp I, Also, I'm just going to put this out there You're also the least colorful
0: That is true That is, that is certainly true, all of those Yeah, you know, I've probably Taken my cues a little wrong uh, I think I was clearly trying to Overcompensate for the amount Of colorful camp in my life which is why I was a um, relatively serious, slovenly bum for so much of my time, given to blue and gray colors.
2: Let's spend this episode looking back at the life of Jeff Lester. <laughs> okay, great. I, I will hang up. Areas.
1: Yeah, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jeff, talk to me about what it was like to be a bum in San Francisco.
0: Oh, boy. Let me tell you. If there's ever a town that you need to be a bum in... Uh, no,
2: uh, d- uh it's let's, just where you can make perfectly good money and feel like a bum in
0: San Francisco. That is true. That is certainly true. I think what's amazing is, is that all of those things that were around when I was born, uh, are still around in various permutations. You know, I mean, of course it makes sense. The fact that you're mentioning three things that we know, you know, you're not like, you were also born the same year as completely obscure science fiction series that lasted all of half of a season,
2: you know? it's Well, it's your own fault. I'm looking up 1966 and film on Wikipedia now. We're going to see what else came out. Oh, boy. Let's actually see what came out, if anything came out around your birthday. Oh, things, things I've never heard of. An American Dream. Yeah. Texts across the river. Ride in the Whirlwind. The Professionals. And not the the TV show, The Professionals. Uh, a funny thing happened in the way of the forum came out the same month as, as your birthday. Yeah, the film film version, but I, uh, you know, it been it'd Fire been night four five one came out the month before. Oh, really? The month before? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. That's, that's uh, a man called Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Right? Who's a friend of v- Virginia Woolf? Yeah, the, again,
0: a lot oh, of yeah, this yeah, is the year that a lot of um, film uh, adaptations oh, Jeff, of successful screenshots none came out in, your, in the same year as your birthday. The Singing Gun. None. Oh, singing. The Singing Nun. I'm like, The Singing Gun. I'm like, Yeah, that sounds right. See, Graham, that's what I'm saying. 66, camp year. It was a year of camp. America really didn't know how to handle what was going on, and so it was going to pretend. It doesn't really matter, as long as we have, like, bright
2: colours and frantic action. Uh, that's really all we need, right? So I, I just looked up 1966 in comics on Wikipedia, and it actually skips October altogether. <laughs> My birth was so mighty, everyone shut down for it. Uh, let's see what else happened in that year, however. Uh, the first appear- appearance of Computo... In adventure comics number uh, three
1: mm-hmm.
2: Uh the first Dial Age for Hero. Wow. Right?
1: Yeah, that's um, a big deal.
2: Journey into Mystery was renamed Thor. Wow. Metamorpho refused membership in the Justice League. <laughs> uh the first Silver Age appearance of the Spectre. Hmm. Um the first appearance of Silver Surfer and Galactus. Oh well, that's pretty
0: big. I would I yeah. would rank that as something that's a First appearance of
2: Sharon Carter and Batroc the Leaper.
0: Okay, yeah. See, I really in appreciate how you're trying to keep me Spence, humble. Yeah. Oh man. That'd be uh, great. One of these is a love interest for Captain
2: America. But which one? Jim Shooter made his debut as a comics writer.
0: Oh Jesus. Ugh.
2: In July of that year. Wow. Wow. At the age of 13, he was barely older than me at that point. So yeah, that that that's what happened. I'm now I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna to have to look up my year and uh, yeah, I was my about to, I love well, this. This is so let, good. I want hey, to, well, to ask, but I love this. My started great because it started with the, the cancellation of the demon at DC. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, let's see, the Spectre by Michael Fleischer and Jim Aparo started. Ooh. Um, Hi- Heroes for Hire changed his name to Power Man. Mm. The Punisher made his first appearance in my birth year. Praise was cancelled. Jesus. Uh, Jimmy Olsen, sorry, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen changed his name on formats to the Superman family. Wow. Uh, Sergeant Fury and his Hellen Commandos was cancelled. I've got a great year for cancellations. Uh, Seriously, you're like the comic yeah, book... Uh, Sub- Submariner is cancelled. Wow.
0: Supergirl
2: is cancelled. Graham McMillan, the four-color co- four yes. angel of death. It's, monsters uh, on the prowl is canceled hey but wolverine made his first appearance in october 1974 just like me wow wow i always get the two of you confused and now i know why well we are both shorts and surly so they're <laughs> thaz.
0: graham you uh I, i'm curious since my birthday yeah. is halloween as as people know uh i don't know if i ask this but have you dressed up on halloween have you worn halloween costumes
2: in my life, yeah, in my life? <laughs> yeah, uh, not, not in quite. Some time I've told Halloween stories in this podcast. I before, know Jeff. you have Don't?
0: actually, yeah.
2: But, yeah. Uh, I, I've talked about dressing up as David Bowie with a piece of rug in my head for for a wig. <laughs> we, we've done that. Those stories in the past. Spray painted silver leggings. We, we, we've all been there. Oh, we all have, Graham. Yeah, uh, except I, but I, I, but I've told you before as well, like, Halloween is not a thing for me at all. No, I know. It is, you, the, but, but our, was it for you? Cause I mean, you had a birthday.
0: Yeah. So surely you were like, fuck this Halloween shit. No, 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 no. I was fine with it. I mean, cause it, it really helps that Halloween is not, a. Uh, it'd be like, it's not like those people whose, whose, uh, birthdays fall really close to Christmas and they get the dreaded combination present because no one wants to shop for them twice. Like Halloween is basically candy. It would be one thing if people were suddenly giving me all, they're like, here you go, Jeff, here's a bunch of Nekos and some double bubble. Enjoy. But you know, no, it it was, it was like two sort of separate occasions. Nobody really paid attention to remember my birthday, but I kind of suspect that would be true of any other day that I was born on. Oh, so, you know, Jeff. <laughs> well, there's a lot going
2: on on Halloween, you know, so. Um, you know what I, I've grown to like since living in the States? Hmm. The houses that try and dress up spooky. Yeah, those are great. Like, not the people, but the people who dress up their houses. hmm mm-hmm. And it's actually this year in my neighborhood a lot more than normal. hmm uh, and I, I like it for two reasons. One, everyone else puts out the fake gravestones in their yard. Yeah. And two, they put out the like, the fake cobwebs, mm-hmm. which every single year I'm like, it's just going to rain and that's going to turn to sludge. <laughs> like if you live, I mean, if you lived in San Francisco, you guys don't get rain in October. Or if you do, you get like, you know, an afternoon of rain at most. Yeah.
0: We got some rain in October this this month but the chances that's you know the wonderful uh changing climate of our times means that it rains far less often in october than it used to
2: i i lived there for what eight years and i don't remember it raining that much in october well,
0: yeah but i mean that's the problem is i was here for a long time so so that's
2: because you're 50 years old exactly, Jeff exactly uh, happy exactly. birthday
0: thank you graham <laughs> So, for example, as someone who moved here when I was eighteen, like it, it, it was gray and crappy and rainy a good chunk of the time in San Francisco. A good chunk of the time, you know. I, I apologize. I, you know, the, I'm sure I told this story before on the podcast. I just don't know how many times. But I remember being at a wedding in the Bay Area. I think I want to say it was like '90 90 or '91. And I was at a table with a bunch of people and we were all kind of talking about this idea that, cause the big thing was, what, what year was Chernobyl? Was that 89 or was that 90? I want to say Chernobyl was
2: the 89.
0: Yeah. So it was like a year or two after Chernobyl. And we were all kind of like, uh, yeah, the, that whole Chernobyl. Uh, Chernobyl's
2: 86.
0: Wow. 86. Okay. So it could, it could have been something. It definitely was like, Oh, gosh, you know, although, how the hell would I have known? Basically, I was in the Bay Area for a wedding in the fall. It was lovely and sunny, and everyone was like, This is not right. This is not the way San Francisco weather is supposed to be. And someone was like, Yeah, I, you know, thank God for Chernobyl, you know. So that was kind of the explanation at the table. Uh, little did we know that it probably had a lot more to do with all the years of fossil fuels uh, pumping see, you know, carbon dioxide into the air. But uh yeah, same same result. San Francisco is lovely. It's ridiculous that it is you know the next to last week of October and sun is shining in through the window and it was a warm day in like the high sixties when Edie and I went out and ran errands today. It's kind of it's kinda of not right, you know?
2: Um I, I it's been as as we record in the future or the past, I guess. <laughs> We're recording for the future. Um, this weekend has been really nice in Portland. Surprisingly so, because it's not been a nice week. Mm. It's been a rainy, overcast week, mm. and this weekend has been really surprisingly warm. By which I mean, like you know, low sixties, right? Uh, and and but really sunny, like surprisingly sunny and clear, which is is not what the week's been like at all. And I've loved it. I I, I have greatly appreciated it, but it's abnormal. You know, you spend the time going, I feel, I feel there's going to be some sort of feedback for this. Right. Some sort of ramifications. I feel like we don't just get the good weather. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like that point where you just get nervous, you're like, this Mm -hmm. is, this probably isn't a good sign.
0: (laughs) It's true. Although uh, Portland really is impressive in terms of its, uh, it's, it's more extreme than San Francisco. You know, it's rainier. It's snowier and when it gets hot and humid it is hotter and more humid by far than San Francisco so you know
2: it's i i, I would i would something i'd ever describe portland as humid really
0: yeah okay i, I could be wrong i'm trying to I, think I, that the last time we were up there it was really warm and i also felt like it was humid but maybe 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 me no remember right it wouldn't surprise me
2: so, Jeff. Yes. Of the monkeys, Star Trek, and <laughs> Batman, which is your favorite? You know... Because I, th- I think, in all seriousness, those are, like, the big three pop cultural artifacts of 66. Yeah, 66. I, I, that's not true. Right. In terms of, like, television or movies. Yeah, TV and movies, I think Because, uh... you know, 66, for me, is also... It's fucking Revolver by the Beatles.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. You which know? is much... And so Revolver than by the six.
2: Beatles beats everything, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I, uh you know, I've loved each of those at different times in my life. I remember being really young and loving both Batman and the monkeys. Uh, I didn't see Star Trek until I was much older. Like, I remember people telling me about it in, like, second or third grade. By that point, I'd moved to Humboldt County. Some kids had access to, quote-unquote, cable television, which was supposedly loud for... Dozens of more channels, and I kept begging and praying for when it would come out to our neighborhood, because we only had two and a half channels tops, really. And, uh, uh people were like, ah, oh, yeah, Star Trek, it's great. I always ended up being like, you know, it was, when it was time to play Star Trek, I always ended up having to be Bones, which I, meant nothing to me, actually. I have to say that I was pretty sure that Bones because I was this literal a child since it was, I don't know, third grade. Was a skeleton? Whatever. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Was something like Dr. Phosphorus in a spacesuit, you know? Oh my god, What's so no great. I think. <laughs> I think I would like to see the Star Trek you imagined as a kid. <laughs> it would be great. I wasn't really, I'm not sure how much else I was able to recover, but I remember that suspicion very strongly. Like
2: It's like, the, have you read the Gold Key Star Trek comics, right? Where, which have yes. been written and drawn by people who've never seen the show? Seriously. They're about, they're
0: almost as close as I was. Yeah, <laughs> They're
2: so great, because yeah. you see like the Enterprise going through and it's got all like flames coming out of the cells. Oh, I love that. It's, it's really genuinely great. And also I want to say that was the first Star Trek I ever in countered. Really? Yeah, because they were every year they did uh, annuals and it was like two or maybe three gold key stories in each annual. Mm-hmm. And I'm fairly sure I I read those before I ever saw the show.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, that that would be interesting because cause those gold key things are really such odd little books, aren't they? I mean, just really some very, very talented Italian artists like drawing the shit out of stuff where they only have, like, maybe four photos of records. Exactly, you yeah. know
2: and, and, I, and the rest they are just making up, so it's like... And, and the writers are as well, so you, yeah. they'll be like, you know, okay, we've got to meet with these aliens, and then they'll put, like, crazy spacesuits on. Yeah. And, like, you know, go out the front door of the Enterprise, which suddenly <laughs> exists. You <laughs> know, I, I, which is it's super great. Like, you look at it now... Uh, I was at the... Uh, San Diego this year, it was a uh, uh, Sergatos who's the editor of IDW Star Trek comics did a Star Trek comic panel. Uh-huh. Like looking back in the history. And she was basically like the the Goki comics are great because they are made by people who had no idea about the show.
1: Mhm. And mm-hmm.
2: so they're just fascinating now. Mm -hmm. It's 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 someone going okay. There's a show called Star Trek. This is what everyone looks like. Go. I you know
0: I kind of wish that IDW would embrace that. Would kind of do like the Gold Key books, like the Next Generation, and just have people build stories off the stuff as if the gold key stuff was canon and start bringing all that back. And then
2: that would, that would be fun. That would be it. fun for them, for them to just be like, okay, here's some photographs again, try and find creators who've never seen next gen. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just like give them the photographs and be yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it seems impossible to imagine that you can
0: find someone who hadn't seen this stuff by now. I, no, I know. I'm
2: sure you coulds now. Uh-huh because really? it's it's next gen is what 30 years old that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it's very possible you could get creators who honestly just like missed it. We're too young for it. Well, sure, they're too young for it, but I, culture is culture
0: sticks in a way Yeah, it it's true. It. It's, all, it's all
2: like so, yeah.
0: I I I I'd be curious. I mean, the thing that's fascinating is is for a long time the only Batman 66 stuff that was available was the um was the movie. You know, you couldn't get the TV show stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, up to, to, like, last year?
0: I think last year, two years ago. It's been a relatively short period of time. You should know Graham McMillan since someone has the entire box set sent to them.
2: I also, did I tell you I had the entire box set of the original Star Trek series sent to me as well? No!
0: Oh my god, I just, why, this is the birthday gift from hell. Just, (laughs) why do I even talk to you? You're the worst human being alive. Sorry, Jeff. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus. So yeah. Uh no. I you know so so I kind of feel like back then I mean part of the reason that's amazing about Star Trek is there's all those shows like Star Trek and Gilligan's Island and other shows that's the Hogan's heroes that ended up we ended up seeing, because they were cheaper than syndicated shows, you know, the whole point was for TV shows were to get to 100 episodes and therefore become eligible for syndication and be shown in reruns during the day, but yeah. there were so many shows that did not actually manage to hit that target and then ended up being shown everywhere. So, I mean, you know, again, something like Hogan's Heroes or Gilligan's Island, I mean, all of the Star Trek stuff. I never saw any of that during its "quote unquote" original run. It was always
2: well. You would have been. I mean, you legitimately it would have been years that, of zero to three. Exactly. Exactly. So,
0: but that stuff that stuff stuck around then. But it only seems to have really increased now. I'm always stunned when I see someone in their twenties talking very knowledgeably about something like next gen. Like, I'm like, oh, sure. I guess it. It kind of makes sense because. You know, all they need is a nerdy parent who, you
2: know. Exactly. Or not even nerdy parent. Now, All they need is to be nerdy themselves and have Netflix. Right.
0: Netflix and, right. So these things have all gotten a lot easier. Anyway, I loved Batman as a kid. Star Trek, of course, I spent a lot of time stumbling around not knowing what I was doing when I was playing in the playground uh, as Bones. And then eventually saw an episode and was like, oh, yeah, man. Bones is totally the worst character. I see why they stuck me with him. No! Well, when you're a kid, when you're a kid, Bones seems like the worst character, unless you're, unless you're a very different stripe of, of young child. But like, you know, for the average, uh, Boy oh, basically, who,
2: like, everyone who is not Spock or Kirk see, that's seems it. boring in yeah, Star Trek. Exactly. Unless you're, Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: maybe if you're lucky, you can sort of sneak in stuff. Like, basically, anyone who throws a punch, you're kind of like, okay, I could be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, at least when you're a little kid, it's like, oh, you get to fire the phasers, you get to throw a punch. Like, DeForest Kelly didn't do anything god bless him however old he was he looked kind of frail back then so the fact that you're stuck with that guy you know people it's like if i'd known you know i would have been like oh i called dibs on like scotty or something like that or check really? that's Sulu. funny because
2: i was gonna say like scotty as someone who was scottish oh, Scot- god. Scotty was was not a <laughs> was not a favorite <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Hey, Jeff, do you know what I actually did get started in 1966, which may trump all of them? Oh, gosh, what? Bob Haney's Teen Titans. Oh, you know, I got to read more of those. But frankly,
0: we, I think we both have to admit that Haney's Brave and the Bold trumps. Uh, oh,
2: yeah, sure. You know, but... For, I wonder what I get started.
0: Yeah, see, that's, that's worth hunting up, so... I, I suspect it's somewhat later since it has such a strong
2: post-Adams influence, but, mm. Oh,
1: I, I want to say 68? it might be
2: like... Yeah, it might be like 60. Um, da, 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 da. No. No. 60. looks like it's saying 65 here.
0: Wow, really? Huh.
2: Well, that could be. I mean, anyway. Uh. What?! Do you want to know, Wikipedia just told me that it's blown my fucking mind. <laughs> What's that? Bob Haney's brother-in-law was Chevy Chase's dad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's... Of course you say, yeah.
0: Yeah, sure. No, because yeah. I remember there was that thing where Bob Bob Haney talked about the fact that his his daughter was married to Chevy Chase or something like that. He mentions it in his Comic Stroll interview, and he pretty much talks about how the guy was... Kind of a dick, I think. You know, he didn't yeah. like Chevy Chase. It was just he liked a lot of the other DC editors a lot less. God, who's the editor that he really hated? I don't remember if it was Kaniger or it's uh, it's probably the guy that everyone hates. Uh what's his name? <laughs> the Superman editor.
2: Oh, uh, uh Julie Schwartz? No, no. no, no. Um Mort Weisinger.
0: Mort Weisinger, yeah. Thank you. There's some, there's oh. some amazing stories about Mort Weisinger, I want to say, in that Bob Haney Comics Journal interview. Uh, May
2: 1965 was, uh, Haney's first issue of. Wow. Oh,
1: wow. Right. So it was
0: under, so it was underway. That's kind of remarkable. Yeah. So Graham, uh, you know, it's so funny. I, uh, we're not really necessarily ready for comic book content per se, but I thought it would be kind of fun to, to talk about, uh, superheroes, comic book TV shows, essentially. Because because we're just season. talking about Batman. <laughs> yeah, because we're just talking about Batman. Uh, Star Trek is also such a good, you know, it, it's it's it would be a good comic book TV show, you know, it's
2: it so good. They What's really after. funny is for me, the monkeys is actually closer to my platonic ideal of a comic book TV show mm-hmm. than Star Trek is. <laughs> no, really, genuinely, because it's it's got the procedural element. Mm-hmm. It's got. Uh, wacky, in, indeed, amazingly self-consciously wacky adventures. Yes. Uh, but it's, uh, cozy isn't the right word, but it, it's, it's trying to be comfort food. Oh, it is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I- so there's something about that that feels very, Comic book quote unquote the thing about the monkeys that is
0: amazing is is that it's one of those areas uh, where talk about filling a need, you know I mean it really is like as you point out, like the beatles go on to release revolver in sixty six they're in the process of leaving behind. The cuddly Beatles, you know? And yeah. here you have the monkeys, which is an essentially an attempt to recreate the Beatles, an American version that is uber cuddly, that takes everything from uh Richard Lester's Hard Day Night and Help and transfers it
2: into a weekly dose of, of it, TV. It's it's amazing. And it and the whereas the music is taking everything from later Beatles. Mm-hmm. like Rubber Soul mm-hmm. Yeah, and the singles surrounding that Beatles. I mean, you listen to Paperback Writer mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's a monkey song. Right. right. Like the monkeys ripped everything off of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's true. They were the, there was a bunch of very, very canny people. And that is one of the things that I think is interesting is, is that it's such a, it's such a manufactured product, the monkeys, and yet it 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 works for the most part. I haven't watched an episode in like a bajillion
2: years. But if it came on – It, it while works. I was, um, yeah. Here's the thing. I love The monkeys, as you know. Yes. Um, it works much – the TV show works much better in your memory than it does when you watch I again. Oh, I'm sure. I, I totally believe it because yeah. a lot and, of and it I is, Again, yeah. I grew up watching reruns of The monkeys. Mm-hmm and mm-hmm. so i have very fond memories i have very specific memories i've you know those memories where you remember where you were yeah at certain things right. um and I, I remember watching an episode really recently and was like e <laughs> well yeah because oh, it's, yeah. it's
0: it's it's all it's all kind of cheesy did you ever see the did you ever see the remake
2: the the new monkeys.
1: The no, new I, monkeys. I never have. I, I you never know, have. I, I, is it
0: as bad as I fear? I never saw an episode. I never saw an episode. I had a friend describe an episode to me and I was like, wait, really? And they're like, yeah, it's really interesting. Cause it's, cause again, it's a different updated style of wacky, I suppose. So they kind of had it like even less tethered to reality is my understanding. So part of me is like, sure take the monkeys as far away from reality as you want to go, like, you know, and close the door when they leave. But no, 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 no. I mean, I actually, I, I, part of me was like, I kind of can't see it working because again, one of the things that's impressive about the monkeys is the precision with which all the pieces were kind of assembled, you know, that um, it's kind of, Hard to imagine that being done again. And I say that despite the fact that the last five or six years of television has had a very strong post-Monkey's component to it, you know, because it's impossible to imagine uh, Glee or Empire or Nashville, which (laughs) I've watched all four seasons of, without, without the same sort of synergistic... Um, uh, calculation happening behind the scenes you know Yeah, that idea of I like do- oh we have a TV show we can pump in new songs every week then we release those songs and then they become hits and that gives us more money that
2: in theory we can pump back into the TV shows the thing I wish had happened and never did was the updated monkeys that was going to have songs by Elvis Costello in it oh Jesus Wow. Which is was... really, like, within the last decade. Yeah. Because the theme song turned up on... Shit, what album? Like, oh, what was the album that had, um <laughs> 45 on it? What was the Elvis Costello album that had 45 on it? Oh, shit. Shit. You know the you know the one I'm talking about. Yes. So so we're like we are talking in the last like decade or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But there's a song on there called "Tear Off Your Own Head." It's a Dollar Revolution, yes. which was the theme song for this proposed TV show. Wow. Wow. Uh, and the Bangles then did a version of it. Yeah, I was about to say that sounds familiar. Uh, and and it was written as the theme song for a TV show that was going to be an all-girl band, and Elvis Costello was going to write the music for it, every episode. Wow.
0: You know, which sounds great. Although I have to say, the first season of Nashville uh, is produced. The music producer is T Bone Burnett. Before he goes on to leave because he's married to the co creator of the show, and the music is pretty good. I mean, it's clear. It's clear. Like for me, I'm like T Bone Burnett's kind of cheating. Like the, the a lot of the country music sounds way more like six. Ad- late 60s psychedelic music than you would suspect, you know, like, but they actually have Elvis Costello contributes a song to the first season of Nashville. Yeah. And it's
2: terrible. I'm I'm not surprised. It's just awful. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Again, I'm also (laughs) not
1: surprised.
2: It's funny you're saying that. And I'm like, remember Smash? I don't think I do. Oh, yes. Right. Is that the Broadway one that came
0: out for like one season
2: or whatever? Yeah. 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 Um uh, we should really start talking about superhero shows. not the monkey. <laughs> We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We've got some superhero comic book shows. Uh, okay, Everyone okay, wait. So here, okay. Here's my question then. What's your favorite superhero TV show?
0: I I don't know. You know, I should have I should have prepared a list, but um I I honestly don't know. There was stuff in both the first I would say the first season of Marvel's Daredevil was about as satisfying I think as I can remember a superhero show being. There are parts in Jessica Jones, uh because it's such an extended fight between um uh between Jessica Jones and, and Kilgrave That's that really has that extended storytelling flow to it that I love. And at some point, we'll have to talk more about Luke Cage. But interestingly enough, Luke Cage is sort of strangely like Batman 66, Star Trek, and the monkeys all jammed together now that I think about it. So we'll have to return to it because it is sort of... All those shows mushed together <laughs>
1: what
0: yeah i 'm not you think i'm joking i'm yeah, I maybe overreaching I've, I've, but i 'm not I've, joking. I've told
2: you, i've only seen a couple of episodes yeah. but i'm I'm kind of like, Jeff, I want to know more, and yet I also want to see more of the show right
0: well i I think I can talk about it semi spoilery free when I, when it, when we return to it so but that being said uh i don't know you know there's um there's i feel like for me. Superhero TV shows, generally, I've loved them for their potential and almost never for what they've delivered on. Like, honestly, the uh, Incredible Hulk show that ran with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno forever, as much as I was disappointed at what a bad, you know, to me, felt like a, a terrible adaptation of The Hulk, uh, it was. That show kind of had some potential. Like, there are times where I'm like, I would sort of like to see a remake of that. I mean, because, honestly, the Hulk was just – the TV show was just a ripoff of the template uh, from The Fugitive. As yeah, the it was, it was The Fugitive with added monster. E- exactly. Just Just the same way that the Planet of the Apes TV show somehow managed to be The Fugitive with added apes. I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but – but the Hulk show really did have, there's a little bit of the, um, I, part of me is like, I want a show that is a little bit more like the Grapes of Wrath, but with, with a big green monster, you know? I think that would be kind of, that would be kind of crazy. There's a real subtext to the the Hulk show that never, never ever really gets touched on that's sort of the same way with the fugitive that has a a lot of fear of white professional displacement, I suppose, you know, and, and that fear is more or less turns into a weird cuddly fantasy because David Banner, just like David Jansen's character, who's also a doctor is on the run can't be a doctor anymore. And every town that he comes to where he's basically a wanderer and a day laborer, he becomes incredibly important to everyone to the point where he gets dragged into whatever, you know, drama is going on in the, in the center of town. So it's a weird, um, it's this weird, it's like someone starts imagining what it's like to be, Uh, an immigrant to the United States and they can only go about six minutes of having that persecution fantasy before it turns into this amazing, comforting chicken sandwich with extra mayo of like, Oh, but you know, my essential decency would win out. And because I'm a skilled worker, everyone would respect me. And then at a certain point, I would have to like punch a bear Or karate chop someone with a gun, depending on what show you're on, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is one of those things that would play really weirdly, like, in America now, you know? Like, I think that that would be really an interesting thing to see. see. Um, That being said, like, the, the superhero shows that I remember the most fondly, hands down, are... Stuff that was imported from Japan, like the Speed Racer cartoon and Ultraman in particular. Ultraman was like kind of a a big deal for me as a kid. I was almost always too scared to watch it because it just got, you know, it was too tense for me. But I, I loved... It had all those hero trappings. And what was great was for me as a kid, I really did just want to see people get punched in the face. It's (laughs) sad how bloodthirsty (laughs) I was. But seriously, those episodes of Star Trek where Captain Kirk is like slugging the shit out of people. I'm like, yes, this is what I want. This is what good TV is all about. It's entirely about people's, you know, just just really gnarly, just just ugh. and so when i say things like daredevil like part of what helps the first season of daredevil is that you know the the infamous hallway scene or when they try to top it in the second season you know the some of the action when it's done well is great and when the action is done
2: pretty poorly i'm like eh, i don't care you know like so, I, I i am a terrible human being seven actions done poorly i was like it's agents of shield <laughs> that that could be i haven't watched an
0: episode of it but i mean you know again you go back very like tv had so many conditions on it when i was a kid in the 70s it was like okay you know the censors were there being like you can punch someone twice and that's it like two two punches per episode or you can have robot ships blow up like the number of robot ships that blew up the, the bad
2: guys can shoot at the good guys, but no one will ever get shot. Yeah,
0: exactly. The good guys have to kind of shoot shoot the gun out of people's hands, you know? It's, yeah. It's all kind of BS. I should point out I've never seen the original uh, Superman, Adventures of Superman TV show, which is very fondly regarded. I, you call yourself a comic book fan? I know. I, I clearly am an imposter. So uh, it's weird. I don't know how people necessarily see those because I never really come across them like on television and I mean I don't know maybe they're the staple of streaming but it's the sort of stuff that seems very fondly remembered without being talked about much you know how about yourself Graham what What would be your favorite superhero TV shows oh god we got to talk about Gotham at some point too because that's <laughs>
2: um, I'm tempted to say in terms of live action probably the first season of The Flash by which I mean the current Flash, not the nineteenth one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which who? You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. But the current, the first season of the current se- series, it was was just really well done.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: was it was the appropriate amount of trashy, right? Do you know what I mean? And they knew it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was none of the pretension that uh, that shows can really. Wrap themselves up in and, and really cause problems. But at the same time, there was also not the trying to excuse it by going over oh, camp like something like Lois and Clark did. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, but it's funny because just when you said, you know, that the original Superman TV show I was like, oh shit, Lois and Clark existed and Smallville existed. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and there were times when you're a comic book fan and Smallville's on. And you, not that you kind of felt like you had to watch Smallville, cause I, I would not be surprised if you never watched Smallville. Yeah, I never but did. Definitely, but definitely like Smallville would be like, we're doing a Legion of Superheroes episode. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I fucking love the Legion. I should watch. And then you're like, oh, but Smuffle actually terrible. Yeah. But you, you have that moment of like, oh, but it's the Legion. Or, mm-hmm. oh, it's Justice Society. You know, and Smuffle, because it was on for 10 years, went through everyone. Yeah. Fucking Martian Manhunter. Now it's Booster Gold. And right. you're like, oh, really? I like these guys. Should I watch? But I know this is going to be terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, uh, exactly. There's a point at which I really did free myself from the – I think I watched the first episode of – the original flash tv show and i was like forget this like i just the realized
2: original it. flash tv show wasn't and i might be wrong but i remember it not being on tv in the uk but it was definitely on video
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they edited episodes together to make them like tv movies
1: oh
0: the tv movie thing that's always amazing that
2: i not want to say i saw at least three of those wow De- definitely two maybe three yeah um and but th- that was also true of like the 1970s spider-man show which were actually edited into theatre release movies in the UK. Holy shit. That's stunning. At least two of those.
0: Yeah, I know they did that uh with a couple of the two part episodes of The
2: Hulk.
1: Uh
0: although I don't know if they were actually released, but but you would see them uh, as T V movies. And it was really common uh the um after the Planet of the Apes T V show. I know a lot of those got sutured into two episodes and released as you know, quote-unquote movies through the cable syndication package, which was just like...
2: The, the bottom star Galatzka pilot was released as a, a theater release. Yes,
0: I saw it in the theater. And, you know, God help me, it was even more fucking boring than the original version they showed <laughs> on TV. It was like, now with 30 extra minutes, like, of what? It's like, well, here's Lauren Green trying to get out of his chair. Okay, that's six minutes.
2: <laughs> exactly. That, that's, that's at least half the you running
0: know, time. I should mention that actually probably one of the best superhero shows, you know, is that weird side of like the superhero TV shows that aren't, weren't comic book properties first, but nonetheless gank their moves from comic books heavily enough. Oh, I,
2: I totally want you to say something like Auto-Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> man man No, I, I sort of oh, vaguely... Auto-Man was
2: a computer-generated... He was definitely a computer-generated character, but I want to say he was also driving a computer-generated car yeah. because it was, like, 1984 and right. sure. Like, yeah. it was during the era of Airwolf and Street Hawk and all those shows. Yeah, yeah. Animal, exactly. Manimal was also Manimal, right. yeah, exactly. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's funny, the guy who, uh, who bought my comic book collection, at one point he was sorting through the stuff and he pulled out the Man from Atlantis comic books. And he was like, wow, nobody talks about this guy anymore. I'm like, I'm like, everyone pretends the Man from Atlantis never existed. It was on for like one season in the 70s. It has a comic book Patrick series. Duffy. Exactly. Yeah, I, it's I, Patrick I, I Duffy.
2: Had, I had, when I was a kid, comic books from the Man from Atlantis like series and i would never seen the tv show wow yeah it's hard to tell which is more dull because honestly
0: i think the tv show wins uh even though even though depending on what issue of the man from atlantis comic book you have you're like it's frank robbins so you're like how are people sweating underwater i just don't understand there's clearly <laughs> beads of perspiration on his face but he's underwater what what's it's happening? paul
2: clarks okay
0: <laughs> That would be great, Frank Robbins. I drew every superhero with a syphilis scar, and I don't care who knows it.
2: Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. So, so what was, your, what was your favorite TV show? Superhero TV show that wasn't a comic book property? Oh,
0: I think I, I think it's got to be Buffy. Like, I feel like Buffy really Buffy is is
2: a great superhero he, show. It,
0: it is a great superhero show. It's and I think it's to me it's it's probably a better adaptation of the X Men comics, you know than. Than any of the oh, other God. movies I've it's seen.
2: Mutant X, remember Mutant X? Oh shit, no! I, yeah, I, I knew it was on, but of course I was never going to watch it. Oh, it's it, so. it's staggeringly bad. Yeah, uh, X Men really is the the property that you know should work on television, yeah. and just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I know people are like, but what about the 1990 cartoon? I'm including that.
0: Wow. Because uh, that 1990s cartoon snagged a lot of people.
2: Oh, it really did. There was a lot of people's introduction to X Men, but mm-hmm. it's uh, not only is, sorry fans, a shitty ass cartoon, <laughs> but it's also very much centered in the 1980s era of X Men that I have no nostalgia for whatsoever. It's true. It's so true. it 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 yeah. loses out all tos. Uh Talking about cartoons, though, the uh, Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, Batman.
0: Oh yeah, right. Actually, that's a good yeah. Once you open up cartoons, uh, I I think you're absolutely right. Some of that stuff is, um, some of it's among like definitive Batman stuff, which is amazing. Nice. Like if someone it's asked me of... to assemble it, yeah, it really would be. There's a the number of episodes in there that just flat out deserve to be you know, canon Batman stuff, which is kind of a kind of great. Uh, So, yeah. um, So should I talk about Luke Cage a little bit since I I talk about Luke Cage some more? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh, geez. Hold on. Let me make sure. That we're actually recording.
2: Oh, Jeff Lester!
0: I know. I normally check, but yeah, we're we're recording. Okay, thank God.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> that moment of like, no, Oh, Jeff Lester, you it's are as a, say, cruising for bruising. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the birthday exception
0: though, Graham. You are not able <laughs> to put that oh, rubber nose, rubber hose up my nose. Is that, is that a purely British
2: thing for your birthday? Is what
0: the bumps?
2: Uh, I mentioned syphilis scars earlier. Is that what the bumps? Is? Uh oh. When I was a kid in school, it was your birthday, and so people would literally knee your backside for the number of years you were you were alive. Oh Jesus Christ! And uh, like it was violent as shit. It wasn't like fun, you know. No. Tapping. It was you will you will really get your ass kicked. I, I, I'm like.
0: <laughs> Ah yes, I have to say, if there's that that sounds so deeply Scottish to me. I really am. Uh, I'm. I'm. You could be making this up, and I would be buying it hook, line, and sinker.
2: No, oh, no, it's 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 totally true. The number of times that that uh, I had the bumps, and you would you would kind of hope that your birthday was going to be following a weekend.
0: Right, of course, because otherwise, Jesus. Ugh. No, uh, the American version is is as you would expect from the americans both um more like more childish and also uh strangely sexual because it was all about spankings it was all about like ah yeah it's like oh time for you to get your birthday spankings wait seriously yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was more. You're of that.
2: not like th- this. Is not you making shit up? Oh my god! It. No, 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 no. Okay, look, look. Let's Google Spankings. S- really seriously. seriously,
0: birthday Spankings. I, yeah. Strangely I, enough,
2: Jeff, I'm not going to Google birthday Spankings.
0: I, I am just because I had this hor- <laughs> horrible idea of like, oh Jesus. A. What if that was just Humboldt County? And B. More <laughs> specifically, what if that, that was just was, me? What if that, that was just that? that thing? My first thought.
2: Dang. My first thought was, what if this is like a Jeff thing?
0: Yeah. Uh. It, uh Spanking under Wikipedia says, in North America, there's a tradition of birthday spankings where the birthday girl or boy receives the same yeah, number of hits. Just because
2: you added something to
0: Wikipedia it does not mean it's- <laughs> I'm not that <laughs> fast, Graham, and you know I don't plan these things Yeah, out, but I'm so. not
2: looking, I'm not looking at the page and you have an entire week between us oh recording this episode and uh, it going live for you had to put that in. No, that is true. That would be great.
1: <laughs>
0: so anyway yeah no there's birthday spankings and i remember that's kind of a thing where it's like people are running around trying to swat you on the butt or you're trying to swat other people on the butt Oh god,
2: no yeah
0: and it's more of a playful uh almost locker room but
2: still oh god no
0: no i know and exactly and like i said there is kind of that weird thing of like oh it's it's Michelle's birthday. I wonder if I can give her a spanking no, that's completely wrong, but it would be kind of awesome, and then she'd laugh and I'd be like, Oh ha ha, ha. I touched your butt, you know, that kind of thing. And so
2: yeah, like I said, very American Graham. Whereas oh the Scots thing? I, love I'm just... I I feel that like for your birthday, we have just had a horrible flash into your like teenage years. <laughs> I would like to say that this was the
0: sort of thing that, that mainly happened, again, around third or fourth grade. I don't think that it moved on to teen teen mortification. No, I think that uh, – not that I can remember. But, yeah. No, it's uh, – that's a great thing about this podcast. My birthday or no, you get to see my own bent, twisted, broken psyche uh, – Birthday spankings are administered over the clothes and usually by close friends or family members. Oh, my but God. Are generally I, I, I love this. As opposed to birthday spankings include nudity. <laughs> oh, yeah. The nude spankings. Well, it's worth because you're totally weirded out by it. And, you know, because your thing, again, Scotland fucking knee you in the back and then. No, you, know, you knee them in the butt. In, oh, in the butt. You knee them in the butt still sounds a way more painful um oh it,
2: it was really like because you, cause you get people who do it and it would be relatively soft yeah. and then you get like the school bullies who yeah. would just kick the shit out of you
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly so
2: thanks what is really funny is you've just had a moment of what if that was just Humboldt County, and I, I am honestly thinking what if that was just like greenock <laughs> what if nowhere else did, did that what if the bumps didn't exist outside of, like, my hometown? It's, and, like, it's... right now, Al Kennedy's listening to this going, what? What's we the... didn't do that. Exactly. Graham's, like, grew up among barbarians,
0: that poor guy. Jesus. No wonder why he left this country as soon as he fucking could.
2: So, yeah. Um I, I want to say Al Kennedy grew up not far away from me. I might be wrong. For some reason, I think that Al Kennedy grew up really close to where I grew up. Really? Can... Oh, wow.
1: Huh. I
2: might That's be cool. wrong. I might be wrong. Interesting. Hey, uh, yeah. Anyway, Fox television shows. Back, back to back to TV <laughs> shows. Where the fuck
0: were we? It was *Animal*. Oh, *Buffy*. Uh, no, no. You were going to talk about *Luke Cage*. I was going to talk about *Luke Cage*. Yeah. So I'm, I'm. Ugh, I think I'm eight or nine episodes into *Luke Cage*, and uh, the reason why I actually want to refer to it as a mix of *Batman '66*, *Star Trek*, and *The Monkeys* is. Uh, as you may have noticed, you only made it through – was it two episodes? Two. The first yeah. two. Um, music p- plays a huge component in the Luke Cage TV show in a way yes. where they – they in the first half, it is really uncomfortably wedged in there. Like, well, not even uncomfortably. It's because no, one no, it's, of the it's, fairly, guys, it's It's fairly obtrusive.
2: Yeah, it, it's it not – yeah, especially especially in the first couple of episodes uh it seems like they have a and here's our musical guest of the week
0: exactly
2: Who's, which which is like this this is weird
0: yeah it's a it's a very very strange influence so again monkeys you get the you get this weird musical uh element component to it uh it's sometimes with montages set to music that barely ties into the action at all like at all at all, like uh, so there's that, like Batman sixty six there is a more open embrace of camp in Luke Cage than you would expect, although that takes place in terms of the stylization of um the lighting and the way the shots are framed, like they are a. Um, Openly unsubtle in a way that is like they are not afraid of being compared to a comic book at all. And one of the things that is genuinely lovely are the number of shots in which people, thinking especially of, of the the series villain Cottonmouth, but most characters get a point where they're being filmed uh, with red and green lights like directly on them. And it's it's nothing like naturalistic Lighting And it, you know, the amount of time that they're spent staring right into the camera is again, it's very, um, it's, it's very comic book like in a lot of ways. Yeah. Also, I should point out that, uh, the music, the soundtrack music, I sometimes wonder if the people who are knocked out by Luke Cage, the show are people who didn't hear, um, ghost face killers, um, uh, what is it? Twelve ways to die, or the? God damn it! What's the? Uh, it would have really helped if I'd been smart enough to. Um, there's, there's a that Ghostface Killer album that was actually turned into a comic book. Do you know the one that Mass published? Oh
2: no, that is not the one I'm thinking of. Twelve reasons just... to
0: die. It's, it's twelve reasons to die with Ghostface Killer. Uh, Adrian Young did the soundtrack. with the soundtrack produced that. And, oh yeah, I'm I'm
2: I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and it's it's a it's gorgeous. The soundtrack is amazing and again, hyper stylized. It takes a lot from like like I want to say old giallo and like horror movies and which makes sense considering that it's, you know, 12 reasons to die is more or less a horror movie revenge fantasy concept album. Uh but transferred onto Luke Cage, there's this weird sort of mix of classic, kind of classic funk meets, um, really, really charmingly unsubtle musical cues. So it's it's kind of great. You know, I don't know. I guess I was talking to Edie about it. One of the things that sort of bummed me out about TV in the 70s is Quinn Martin Productions, you know, where the were – the, uh, They put out all these police shows that had amazing opening theme songs. You know, it's like you look at the streets of San Francisco, which has just got amazing opening uh, title credits or Mannix, even something like Barnaby Jones. Like there's a lot of real kind of crazy, audacious funk happening in the, in those credits. And then it's the most boring sedate TV series that you can imagine. One yeah. of the things that's hilarious about Luke Cage is how much it's trying to think of itself as the audacious version of those, you know, is like, Oh, finally, here's the show that can go with those credits. Cause the, I actually, I think the credit sequence in Luke Cage is Probably the best part of the show and part of what's kept me coming really? back for eight or nine episodes. Yeah, you, you... I,
2: I, really dislike the credits for Luke Cage. Really? Why is that? I think they're trying too hard.
0: <laughs> well, I and really
2: that do. is the show. I, I think yeah. that, uh, the first time I saw it, uh, I had that moment. Oh, I don't really like the credits for the Marvel shows in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh God. Uh, I think you know, I think the Daredevil Jessica Jones is show is Daredevil I like more than Jessica Jones. Actually.
2: Oh Jessica Jones is, is really bad as well. But oh. uh I actually I think Daredevil's worse. Mm. Interesting. Like, I'm I'm okay but, um, with
0: Daredevil's. Yeah.
2: But but the Luke Cage one I was like, is that are they really like projecting images of not even like a lot of Harlem, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like one fucking intersection that keeps coming back <laughs> from different shots like <laughs> on on the the body as he's about to punch something they are Oh, shit, that's terrible. Because it's this, like, they're like, Malcolm X Boulevard, Malcolm X Boulevard, Malcolm X Boulevard, Malcolm X Boulevard. Oh, look, he's punched something. It's his logo. And <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is really embarrassingly bad. <laughs> well, so... so... The music's good. I'll agree with you. Yeah. The music's I, I think the music is um, great. But, yeah. but visually, I think it's just, I think it's fucking embarrassing. Uh, I. It's embarrassing, but it
0: is an open statement of the show's principles. Which the principles themselves may be embarrassing. This is the other stage of Luke Cage that is, again, like Star Trek. When Star Trek is being um, embarrassing in its literal social-mindedness, like, that is where Luke Cage lives, the show lives, a lot of the time. I'm fascinated by the number of speeches in that show that seem to exist for no other reason than being kind of a, Oh, here's stuff that actually happened in Harlem. Or, I mean, they actually, the number of uh, guest stars that are Harlem luminaries, whether it's like celebrity Taylor Dapper Dan, uh, or, I mean, it's hard to actually beat celebrity Taylor Dapper Dan. When he shows up, you're just like, what? You know, so, but, you know the Delphonics. I, I want to say pop up there. There's um, uh, anyway. There a, any episode, any given episode will have people who show up playing themselves, and they more or less come in, have half a scene with the various other elements of the show, and then leave. And also, there's a very big deal with Luke Cage about black authors, black. Uh, revolutionaries like it's it's the the idea that Harlem is an African-American experience that that is important and essential and vital uh is how do I put it on the one hand I, I like the audacity of it but the show itself is is just draggy and lumping I I ju- I'm joked in previous episodes about how I've watched like 70 hours of the show so far. And that's I really... And you made it
2: through like two episodes, yeah, I yeah, remember. Yeah,
0: and, and it's really what it feels like. There's some interesting... The first three or four episodes almost felt more like stage plays to me than actual TV shows in that TV shows have a tendency to like cut away from a scene and then come cut back. There's a lot of the point-counterpoint stuff that cinema and TV tends to run on at a level that if you're not paying attention, you tend to miss. It's like a scene, you know, so you'll get a scene with like Luke Cage and then you'll get a scene with uh Misty Knight and Rafe, Rafe Scarf. And then you're back to Luke Cage. The difference is the Luke Cage show, they don't, it's like, they don't do it to, to, to allow for the transitions between whatever's happening in the scene. Like, you know you can you can cut to misty night and then you can cut back to Luke and they'll have changed subjects or they'll have moved on or something and it makes a lot of sense. The mind registers that 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 the timing allows for a transition but frequently what happens in Luke Cage is you'll get a scene where they start talking and then they change the subject to something and then they'll change the subject to something else. And then a character will enter the scene saying something and then more people are talking with them. And you're just like, is this still going on? Like it's, it's amazing how oddly paced it is. Um, that be all of that being said, I also think that what's fascinating to me at the at the risk of being like a um, old clueless white liberal is, is Luke Cage in the first seven or eight episodes is a is almost closer to Superman in, in, than he is. To what I think of as Luke Cage. I mean, part of it is, you know, they, they, they've got lots of, they go with the deep, you know, they definitely read the comic book series and they made sure that it's like, okay, here's Shades and Comanche, here's Diamondback, here's Black Mariah, here's Cottonmouth, like, here's Noah Bernstein, here's, you know, they throw all that stuff in there. And in some cases they've updated it in a way that makes sense. And in other cases they've changed it around or, you know, some of the stuff is surprisingly close to the source material. But, but what I find fascinating is, is that the first four or five episodes, part of what really hurts with the drama is, is that the, is a, that Luke Cage cannot be hurt in any kind of way or function whatsoever for the first five or six episodes. And, What's annoying is, is that the only way they can extend the storyline is to have Luke Cage not do anything for five or six episodes. So he'll do a thing that is going to, like, throw Cottonmouth's, uh empire into ruin, for example, and then you get the sequence of him doing it. And that's sort of more or less fine for what it is. But then he's like, oh, there you go. And... It's it has almost no effects whatsoever. You cut back to, you know, Cottonmouth being furious and whatever. But the number of times where there are showdowns between Superman and, Superman, between Luke Cage and Cottonmouth, where there's no, it's like Superman or Le- and Lex Luthor, like Superman being like, well, I'll bring you in next time, Lex. And it was like, for what? Bring him in now! You just saw him kill someone. He's got guns. There's nine million crimes that have just been committed in this forty-five minutes. You know, minus the crime against my patients, and and yet, what I find really fascinating is is that because Luke Cage, like Superman for those first or six six or seven episodes, is is essentially a decent guy who's who's doing the right thing and the unfortunate fact is for people like me who who are white our experiences of seeing black people get shot have really upped in the last few years thanks to social media i know that it's a presence in a lot of people's lives of color but for white dudes like me, it is, it is a new, it's a new thing. Like you sort of know that it's out there, but you don't really know until you start seeing the footage and again, and again, and again. And honestly, for the first six or seven episodes, Luke Cage just seen Luke Cage get shot by people and not die. In fact, not get hurt to see a, see a black man be the victim of violence that he more or less shrugs off as if it's nothing and then proceeds to be a like a decent person, like an upstanding member of this, of the culture that he's in that that, and that's a, clearly a huge priority for him and the show is, um, it's really strangely resonant for me. It's it's something that has kept to me. I'm going to watch the rest of the goddamn show, despite how bored I am. And in fact, one of the things that's actually uh, since you want to watch the rest of the episodes, I, I won't I won't um, I won't give away spoilers. But when it comes time for them to figure out a way to stymie Cage and create the drama, uh, they more or less come at it um, in the most in a way that ends up being sort of doubly frustrating because of the way mm-hmm. they handle it. So, uh, so yeah, Luke Cage is really one of those shows that I'm kind of like, I sort of want to talk about this because it's fascinating to me how much, again, it's ambitious. It's not really good good I think and what's fascinating to me is I got a text from a friend of mine like the week that it came out where she was like oh my god you have to watch Luke Cage you've got to watch this show it's amazing and I was like oh okay I'm officially hearing good things and after the first episode I'm like okay maybe she's talking about the second episode and then at a certain point I was like Okay, I've really got to talk to her. She must have been really high and binge watching. <laughs> and that's the other thing that I think is worth pointing out is is that a lot of the, a lot of people watch them all at a go in a super tight, concentrated thing, and maybe it's easier to ignore or avoid the some of the plot holes. But myself, who really just can't do more than an episode a night of it, uh, I just find myself being like, you know, that uh, the the, the binge watching gives it a certain velocity just the same way that reading a story as a trade paperback is different from reading it in single issues. I, I feel that the single issue experience of watching Luke Cage is, is really kind of a bummer. So, I mean, just in the sense that it, it sh- the people on the one hand, people were clearly trying to make it great On the other hand, people were clearly trying to make a great without thinking that that meant that they had to make a script that could hold together or had any tension to it whatsoever. So it's, uh, it, it's it's really kind of a bummer in that regard. So
2: what's really interesting to me is the Marvel Netflix shows in particular have been fine.
0: And Considering yet, I like Jeff sing- Loeb's name is attached to them, they're better no, I than I would expect I feel them like to
2: be. Every single one is treated as like, oh my god, we've never seen something as good as this. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm always like, I feel that like you can only say that if you don't really watch television. Which
0: may be the case. That maybe maybe that's really but the go, you know? That
2: that's that seems unlikely. Hmm. You know, because honestly, Jessica Jones isn't Really that good. And Daredevil, I think, especially, I was gonna say especially the first season, cause I think the second season better, but I think- oh, I God, Graham, you, did you I watch all the second, second seasons? Oh. Season really? Why? But How? I just feel, that, uh, I just feel that the first season is, again, trying too hard. And doesn't hold together as, as a show. Uh huh. And the second season, for all its faults, holds together as a show better for me.
1: Holds
0: together as a show? What do you mean by that, though?
2: Um, I know that that's kind of an coherent, amorphous term. Feels coherent in and of a piece of of itself. Huh. I feel that the first Daredevil season is a collection of scenes,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and a collection of set pieces,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and while even individual episodes can work as a piece, mm-hmm. the, the whole season does not... And the second season, in a weird way, does because it doesn't have its its quality is more of a level, but mm-hmm. that level is it doesn't hit the highs of the first season at any point. Right? Does that make sense? I,
0: you know, it does. I'm still strongly tempted to disagree because I feel like
2: oh, I, 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 that's fine. Yeah, I really, like,
0: exactly. So part of me is oh. like, what? But yeah, okay. I will. I will. I um, I'll have to give it to you. You know, in but a, it's like it's like.
2: Okay, so you want to talk about Gotham? Yeah. Right. Right. Gotham is, if you've ever seen any other television show that has ever existed, mm-hmm. uh, at best, a strange show. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, but Gotham is also a se- series where, I think the second season is overall a better season than the first, even though the first season has bits that are better than anything in the second season. <sighs> Because there's, there's a learning curve, I guess, that comes with making the show where you're like, oh, I, I can get away with this and I can't get away with this. And the second seasons of both Daredevil and Gotham are far less ambitious and far more aware of their limitations.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, I,
2: I, the thing that I find fascinating about Gotham is
0: that uh it's I found still that, on. <laughs> is it? It's still on, yeah, exactly. Because you know, it was. I found that it was basically watchable junk, and the first season, I, I,
2: honestly, at times I think it's it wonderfully watchable junk. Yeah, but I don't think you ever escape the fact that it's junk. Oh no, and, and I, I, junk seems like the wrong word because I genuinely do enjoy Gotham, but it's that uh it's it's the it's a camp pleasure yeah it's it's
0: a camp pleasure one of the things that I like about Gotham in both arguably both seasons is is that the the parts that I like in the second season of Gotham are that they use the camp the way that the first season sort of suggested that they were going to use the camp which is that they use the camp to help reach for like a higher level of melodrama, you know? Yes. Like there, there's that whole sequence with, uh, the Riddler, for example, where after he has committed his, his heinous crime, he is split into and is talking to himself in the mirror. And there's a lot of stylized lighting. I'm kind of a sucker for that. There's a, there's a scene, uh, with the penguins arc in the second season that is just flat out, Grand guignol, you know, there's no other way than to to say, like, this is from the grand tradition of making sure that you have people not only die gruesomely, but generally are punished by having someone eat someone else. You know, like, I'm like, okay, any show that's willing to bring back cannibalism as a trope, as a revenge trope, (laughs) I'm generally down with, you know, I just, I am. Because I'm like, finally, this is the way that the world works that people don't really talk about. So I'm grateful when it finally gets some coverage, you know? (laughs) Uh, So, but, but Gotham is, I mean, so it starts off as something that is more or less okay. I would say that it's kind of the opposite, Graham, is like the second season so flies off the wires, the only thing that they have going for them, which is honestly, I think... The pleasure of most television is is that if the producers are somewhat reasonably aware, they can take actors or actresses that in a position where they're not working and put them in a position where they are. You know, sometimes that just writes them; they write them out of the show. But let's face it: the what's her name that the, the uh, Barbara from the first season,
2: who oh, she it's, becomes it's in so the much better movie. in the second season because she. She gets to chew the scenery, exactly, exactly. And it's, she, it's she's a joy to watch. Yeah, when she "quote unquote" goes insane. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I what I my favorite thing about Gotham really mm-hmm. is I think the performances are great. I think all the performers, are, or that's not true. I think the majority of the performers are far better than the material they're given,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and really make shit sing like they polished turds in that show like oh, yeah. nothing else
0: I agree I agree one of the things that's actually really a shame is is seeing someone like Donald Logue who is normally an amazingly good shit polisher be stuck at least in the first that second season he is so he oh, he's
2: got like, a he's got a terrible role uh, and, and it's he, such a shame.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's like they had this idea of like, oh, we're going to go in this direction. And then as things clearly spun out of control, um, or spun in a different direction, they're kind of like, yeah, there's no real need for your character anymore, but you know, you're, you're on the contract. So seeing him show up in the second season, having less and less to do is
2: such a shame, because in a way, but, but honestly, wouldn't Gotham be better if they got rid of the cops and they got rid of Bruce Wayne? Oh, uh... like wouldn't Gotham be such a better show if it was just the Riddler and Penguin and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith show? And do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they they just were like, "Fuck, fuck Jim Gordon."
0: uh yes and no i mean honestly for for i would have been um, like i was praying i'm like really honestly the best thing you do is kill bruce wayne at the end of the second season of gotham because then no one would be sure where it was going to go and you'd really kind of be free to kind of the to do whatever you want yeah nodding toward the continuity but no i i totally agree i think that there's a, a variety of I mostly agree. I should say, cause honestly, I, th- I think that Ben McKenzie as James Gordon is really, really good in the sense that he's, he is a generous straight man. You know, he really doesn't try to, um, show that he's above the material or that he's in on the joke. I mean, I feel like he clearly is that being said, I haven't seen this third season at the end of the second season. I was like, there's no reason for me to co- come back to this. Cause I, I think I disagree with you on the second season because that whole thing with the mayor, with his bat ears, who turns into Azrael, who is like that actor was kind of dull and, and oh my God, just that whole, uh, it, it was maybe one thing while they were setting him up as the bad guy, but
2: then once he's more or less in ascendant... Yeah, well, it's true. When, once they're like, I know he is Azrael, you're like... Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, and, it, it, and again, here's the thing. Binge watching might impact that. Did you, did you binge it? Or did you...
0: No, I think we were w- watching it on Hulu, so... Yeah, because
2: I, 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 like, I saw them in batches.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, mm-hmm. Fox released them to to critics like and you know here's three episodes here's two episodes yeah and i think i think that does change how you watch stuff
0: it makes sense but then by the end you know you you again come across the grace the classic grand guignol trope of an insane asylum full of maniacs and you have fucking bd wong playing hugo strange like just awesomely like really was he's, camping he's, the yeah, shit out of it and yes. so enjoyable uh, i told anyway. you
2: about interviewing pd wong didn't i i think you did although i thought <laughs> it was a lot he of was like
0: a delight was he i thought he was like <laughs> he spent more time talking about his haircut
2: and he camping did. it up in the thing than okay <laughs> he, he did. that's why it was a delight <laughs> That you have, like, 15 minutes, and you're like, okay, here's my questions. And he just is like, I want to talk about, like, am I going to have a beard? I want to talk about my hair. And you're like, this this interview is going off the rails, and I love it. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> he's just remarkably charming. hmm mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those interviews where you know it's going off the rails, but you are having so much fun
1: mm-hmm.
2: that you're like, this interview could go wherever it goes. <laughs> So, did your, did your, cause I don't follow
0: your recaps and interviews, uh, anymore. I haven't,
2: I haven't written, I've got them in a long time. I think the BD Wong might actually be been the last thing I did. Oh, okay.
0: So, and did you end up talking about his, his hair, him talking about
2: his hair, or did you, yes. like, wow. Like, I, I ran the hair thing, yeah. That's cool. Um, but no, it was just, uh, he was, he was remar- He was remarkably charming, and he's, he's great on the show. Mm-hmm. He is. You know, but, but again, like, he works in that, heightened melodrama that I think um the penguin works in and that the Riddler works in
1: mm-hmm.
2: that that really works for me in that show. Well I think that's like, that, that, yeah there's this like heightened melodrama, campiness that I really appreciate. And then it goes back to Ben McKenzie, you know, playing a straight man. And I'm kind of like, I just want more of the campiness. Well, it's true that there's like, usually I, I not enough. I know but, why yeah. You know, I know why it's important that we have this guy being the straight man. Mm -hmm. But it's the same as, like, I liked Barbara more after she went insane. Well, I think... There's only times that that Aaron Richards couldn't, you know, look out a window and be like, Jim, you're not talking to me. And then as soon as they're like, oh, she's the person who's just killed her parents. Yeah. You're like, oh, now she... And also, she clearly was having much more fun. Right. Well, of course... Yeah. No, I I think that
0: the, what I find fascinating about uh, Gotham was as the episodes progressed and especially the idea of turning uh, what's his dingle into a supervillain uh, is that that stuff was super draggy or laggy. But I'm fascinated by the way in which the people working on Gotham more or less use the uh, excuse of it being, quote-unquote, a comic book to move it into this heightened, stylized camp experience that, again, to me, has a stronger root uh, in theater, like Grand Guignol stuff or the Jacobean Revenge tragedy or a lot of the really kind of base-over-the-top stuff that usually does have with, like, yeah, people killing their families, you know, killing their adopted families, like being adopted by someone who's got a secret that they have to promise not to betray them, but then they betray them. And then as a result, they, you know, get their arm lopped off and, you know, exiled from the city. I mean, it's a lot of just classic stuff. I like it, but I'm also, but a, also, I thought that there were ways in which they were, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's, those were the parts that they were clearly interested in, and they were really not so into doing the superhero side of things, which is fine with me. I mean, even even the, the by the time that you get this stuff, like in the second season where Catwoman is hoping to break into Hugo Strange's asylum and jumping around in the rafters like try to save her friend Firebug or whatever, I'm like... I don't, uh, this doesn't really matter. Like, you know, it just really doesn't, um, ditto with the stuff with Bruce Wayne and kind of to an extent, Jim Gordon too, because it's kind of this whole like, okay, we're putting you in this place, uh, but we can't really change you because you're the main character. So now you're back to,
2: back to, and 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 that's, that's the problem. Like Bruce Wayne and Jim Gordon can't actually go anywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Because they pretty much started where they'd end up. I mean, with the exception of Bruce obviously going to turn into Batman, but right now he's a kid, so he doesn't.
0: Yeah. But but they so ramped up the amount of Batmanness that he has or is doing or wants to do that you're just like, uh, okay, that's alright, that's fine. I don't want I don't want this anymore. I don't know. It's uh so what about legends of DC, that show really looks. Kind Legends of, of
2: Tomorrow. Oh man, that looks so, really.
0: I watched six minutes of it, which had, uh, uh, the first six or eight or something, and I had the bailgram. That struck me as pretty embarrassing.
2: So it it is, um, and it's a show that it's a show that you almost have to like buy into the fact that it's a terribly embarrassing pantomime, and then once you do that, you're fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I I I was actually talking to Kate about it last night because I was watching the, the first couple of episodes of the new season,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and she was like, oh, is, what's it like?" Because she bailed on it as well. And she loves the Flash, and right. it's ostensibly a spin off of the Flash, mm-hmm. and she bailed on it. And she was like, "No, <laughs> right? No, the, this is this is like too campy." Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It's it's really ridiculously overwrought, but not in a fun melodrama way. Yeah. Like overridden that uh, like we're we're really we're we're getting to the deeper emotions now <laughs> and it's some like hilariously shallow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and it's it's one of those shows where they're trying to do like the big grand special effects sequences, but they also have a really small budget. Right. So everything looks kind of shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But again, if you can embrace that somehow and I think there are people who can embrace that. I think there's there's almost like a school of television. That that is that is eager to embrace that sort of thing. Yes, we call them Hoovians. Uh, no, actually, no, not, not even no, not even Hoovians. Like I was thinking more like you know Xena or ah. do you know what I mean? Like that level. Hmm.
0: See, I was because going to actually talk because I feel like,
2: from Doctor Who. I because here's the like, Legends yeah. Tomorrow wants to be Doctor Who. Yes, I no, I'm fails. aware. Yeah, and
0: and I think that's that that is why I mentioned who in there is because who is a. For many people might end up on their list of the best superhero TV show, even though uh, you know in place of something like Buffy but how is it that something like who uh, Doctor Who, which is known for having used to be known for having amazingly low budgets and yet was able to carry some carry it all off, is able to do so in a way that that legends it
2: sounds like really can 't well part of it is uh <laughs> Part of it is these days Doctor Who does have best, better special effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doctor Who now is not as Doctor Who was. Yes. In the 60s through the 80s at all. Um, and Legends of Tomorrow is as Doctor Who was in 60s through the 80s. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> you Would know what you mean? say? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I think it's got that level of you have to just buy into a certain level of camp. And then if you can do it, then it's a fine show. And it's never going to be a not fine show, because honestly, for me, I watch it again for the same reason as I was talking about Smallville. Because every now and again, they'll be like, it's the Justice Society. It's our man. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And you're like, oh, I like them. And it gets by on that
1: Mm -hmm.
2: level of charm. Like, on basically the recognition level, as opposed to, shall we say, quality. Right.
0: Well, it's funny to me how much that. Uh, uh, so, is it the problem then, Graham, essentially that the Marvel shows are putting on airs that makes you just want to, like, take a p- piece of coal and, like, knock their, their top hat off? Because it
2: sounds to me. <laughs> yes. I, well, the Netflix shows, definitely. Uh huh. The Netflix shows, most definitely. Yeah. I. And, and, the weird thing is it's not even the shows Mm -hmm. it's that I always come to Netflix shows after everyone's been like this is the greatest television show I've ever seen
1: Mm
2: -hmm. and I come to simultaneously with a a race expectations but also a contrarian well fuck you (laughs) do you know what I mean like I can't I can't, I don't come to them Authentically, I come to them already with the chip in my shoulder. Right now. And
0: just 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 because uh, to, to try and head off any potential comments uh, of bias, um do you think you would feel the same way if it was, say, Netflix's Superboy show as opposed to Marvel's Daredevil or Marvel's jessica jones
2: Uh, i'm trying to think what like dc property would have to be some like because because part of the other thing is also i find it much easier to watch legends of tomorrow than the flash uh because they're lighter shows Mm -hmm. like i can't watch arrow for example because arrow it has all the cheapness of the flash and legends of tomorrow but also takes itself too seriously right so so right like is like is is frowny television Right. Like, if you're gonna give me cheap television. television, give me smiling television. Right. Don't give me frowning television. Although Legends I, I is don't... kind
0: of frowny, right? It's frownier than no, The Legend, Flash? Legend,
2: or... Yeah, it's frownier than The Flash, but like, that doesn't say much, cause The Flash is like, The Flash, like Supergirl, is like, come up and, you know, buy, give you cake, smile, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Which, you which know, like, down.
2: even, even its melodrama is, oh no, everything's bad, hey, receive the world! Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, Arrow, I can't watch Arrow. Mm -hmm. Because Arrow, it just is, is frowny television. Mm -hmm. And, and so ultimately is Daredevil and Jessica Jones and even Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's, that's another of the problems for me, the beyond, like, the pretension, which Mm -hmm. is a problem. But it's that it's, none of it is light enough for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Like, the lightest Marvel TV show is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which I just can't watch because I think it's a bad show.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like well, I, it, I, I gave it like two seasons and then I was like, "No, this is really bad." But at the, at, is
0: at television, at, at the risk of parsing these things out, because I feel like we're really <laughs> dealing in levels of nuance here. How is it? How is it bad in a way that something like Legends is not? Ba- or it's in a way that Gotham is bad. Like, how are they different forms of bad? Or are they the same and one was one that you, you know, kind of had to cover for your job and the other one, thank God, was one that you weren't assigned and you could pass on?
2: Um, I think that last one is actually, that last choice is actually pretty on the nose. Okay, okay. Like, I'm not covering Gotham for my job anymore and I also haven't seen any of the season Gotham. Gotham. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'll go back to it, but I also don't feel any... Great. Like, I felt more interested in checking out the new season of Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Mm-hmm. than I
2: got them. Mm. Interesting. Uh, and, and it's just... Uh, I'm trying to think of a good way of putting this. Like, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just never seems to be... Uh, you've seen all the, the Whedon shows, right? Uh, not per Oh, se. more importantly. Like, have you seen Dollhouse?
0: See, I was going to say, I actually jumped off of... I never made it past the first episode of Dollhouse, although I kind of meant to, but I didn't.
2: Yeah. Because the problem for me is, like, Dollhouse for me was a bad television show. Mm-hmm. Like, it just wasn't good. Right. I, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. more than anything reminds me of Dollhouse. Mm. Oh, it makes you sense. Know? There's a lot of the same creative team on there. Well, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But it, it's like, I didn't like Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So why would I like Dollhouse, except every now and again, they pretend to tie into a Marvel movie. Right. Right. You know, or they say, Inhumans a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the other thing. I have no... I'd be more like... like Le- uh, Legends name drops characters and concepts that I have emotional investment in as a comic reader. Sure. And Asian Shields really doesn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, they'll go, it's Deathlock or it's Ghost Rider, and I have no tie to those characters. Right. right you know, right, right. it's the Inhumans, it's Secret Warriors, no tie to those characters.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, actually, interestingly enough like, for me... the but...
2: closest was Mockingbird, oh, and I mm-hmm. actually really liked Adrian Palicki's Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. So... It's just, it just doesn't work for me. Like, it's a bad TV show in the same. It's a bad TV show, honestly, probably pretty much in the same as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as, uh, as Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But it's not as gleefully, self awarely dumb as Legends mm-hmm. of Tomorrow, and it lacks the characters I have the emotional resonance with. Mm
1: mm-hmm. Mm
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, you know,
0: I, I have to say, one of the things that sort of bums me out about kind of the way these things break out is, is that there's part of me that thinks that A, you, it's still possible to do a great superhero TV show. And part of me is even, well, except you would have to do it in a way that is substantially different from the way that the shows are now a lot of ways. Because there is – I get the sense you look at these shows and just reading – like I read half a recap of Arrow. I've never watched a single episode of Arrow and the recap I, – I think you're missing nothing. Yeah. I, You know, I, I just – this stuff doesn't necessarily – it just doesn't work for me. There's just a general realm of – I, I think at a certain point I stopped watching – A lot of TV, because even though I enjoy watching the actors, it feels like it's relatively hard to come across things that change, you know, and that genuinely change where things progress from one blah, blah to another. Like, say what you will about, like, five seasons of Game of Thrones, like a lot of those characters ended up in very different places than they started out in. And I mean, some of it there's been, you know, uh, amusingly enough, the more the show has gone on and they get past the point of the books, the more there's a lot of, uh, uh, plate spinning. But, but up until that point, there was a certain amount of forward momentum. And I really, I, I kind of enjoy that. I mean, I think that's part of what, um, you know, that there's such an, I feel like there's such an influence for British TV shows now, um, on American TV or, or at least British TV shows because of the availability of streaming are watched even more widely than they were before. And when you watch something like that up into a point, um, there can be some really specific changes and. Stories can be told and grow and then, you know, because of that idea of like, well, they only have nine episodes and chances are good they won't necessarily even be coming back, you know, but and when they do, it's like, oh, maybe things are a little bit different because it being British television, half the cast is quit because they no longer want to work for like scraps and sandwiches, you know, but even that has something that can, can make things move. But I remember for myself watching something like the first, was it three or four seasons of cracker with Robbie Coltrane, right up until the point where the last cast member is more or less killed off, except for Robbie Coltrane. And, and it's, it's pretty good. Like, And for me, it even had that thing of, like, Cracker doesn't really change much. Coltrane's character doesn't change. But everyone else is going through some serious shit. And it's really enjoyable to see those things happen or even seeing people age. I, I would love to see a TV show. Like, you could never do a TV show of Batman that could run as long as the comic book character because you would have killed off three or four actors by now, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah you can sort of do that in the, but even, even then just that idea of, I, it would be fun to watch a show in which, you know, and, and this gets closer to gasoline alley, the comic books, the comic strip, than it does any sort of comic book where the characters grow and change and become something different just because of that's the way that, that reality works, you know, uh, in a way that Pulp Fiction can happily ignore. And, and I think for a long time people were very satisfied with that and and probably still are. But I'm I'm fascinated by how much TV shows, superhero TV shows, even as they're quote unquote getting better, so much of that still boils down to but I wanna see blank in real life. I wanna see this character. As a character. Like, for me, I was so bummed that the Supergirl TV show was not available to me because I didn't have CBS, and CBS would sooner, like, sh- you know, shoot me than put it on, on a streaming service. <laughs> and... um you know, but like just watching the the upfront for it, I was like, oh my god! Oh no, if they keep this tone, but this tone for Supergirl is something that I. In other words, I'm interested in superhero TV shows if they can bring me something that the comic books can't. And sometimes that's an actor, but sometimes it's the idea of like, yeah, like the Flash, the Supergirl TV show, the idea that it's going to be more upbeat than yeah,
2: you which would is end up which is what makes the Flash book. and Supergirl so charming. I yeah. like the episode where the Flash shows up in Supergirl, and it's literally two superheroes meeting. and they're like, hey, you're awesome! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really wonderful. And like I said, there's something
0: where with Luke Cage where as, 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 as slow and contrived as it is, I'm like, yeah, I really like seeing a guy who, you know, can shrug off bullets and then more or less proceeds to help the community and seeing the community try to come to terms with like, what the fuck does this guy mean to us? Like, do we hate him? Do we love him? Is it both? I mean, don't get me wrong. Those scenes are not handled with anything like, uh um, skill. But, uh, but you know, but I'm still kind of into that. I'm still sort of like, this is something that I just don't feel like I'm getting out of most of the comic books that I read. So, in a way, there's part of me that's like, yeah, I would love more shows if they gave me something. Uh, and so, in a way, to return to your original question, Batman 66, there was a point where when I was a kid, I loved it because it was like a superhero comic book, you know, come to life with all the punching and the kicking and there was all these fights as I grew older and saw the comedy and the camp, uh, that really annoyed me. And I didn't like it, you know, as, as many of us forsook it. And then as I got older and I'm like, that Batman is almost impossible to find anywhere else. It's something that's grown more important to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah so it's it's fascinating how much superheroes on t v are either i want to see x because I love x in the comic books or I absolutely would i am watching it because it's giving me y and y is not in the comic books you know yeah exactly so. anywho uh, uh so this is this is uh this is a little shortish of us Graham but is there anywhere to go with the topic or should we go somewhere else? I feel like you're you uh, this I, is usually will, when you're like
2: I've got I a question for you. Ask you. Well, no, I, I have a question, but it will be a short question okay. and then we can wrap up. Um, who do you want to see on television? What what comic book series would you want to see it served? It doesn't have to be super popular.
0: Right. Oh, uh, oh, just comic book comic book stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah. wow. That that I feel like there's a lot of those. Like uh I you know I would I would love to see Angel and the Ape as a TV show. I think that would be the most insane TV show to, to ever be on the air. Um, you know, I I feel like there was a period I remember when I started reading Tezuka's Blackjack and I was like, Blackjack it was this character uh for those who don't know, he's he's essentially a surgeon mercenary. He's a surgeon for hire and people hire him you know, to do the, like, literal operations that no one else will even attempt. And so it's a lot of, like, oh, he's been hired by a gang lord to, like, you know, perform this important operation on the gang lord's son that he won't trust to any of the the individuals. What's great about Tezuka is, of course, somehow ghost fetuses always end up involved. Like, there's always stuff that it's, like, the guy was trained as a surgeon, but he's like, ah, yeah, but that's... I can tell you real medical stories, but it's not really as interesting as if someone as as if that tumor is actually half tortoise, you know, and which God love him. So there was a stage, I think it was around the time that the house came on TV where I, you know, before the American uh, Affordable Care Act passed where I was like, God damn it. Like health care is such an issue in this country. It would be amazing to do some version of blackjack for American TV, but it would have to be very different cuz cuz the point is is that he'd have to be doing it illegally, but it would also have to be for reasons other than money. So, um, it sounds goofy. I would love to see that. It's it's heartbreaking to me that Agents of Shield that I don't trust the show after everything that's been done and said and the people involved that I won't watch it cuz I I love Deathlock. I love Ghost Rider. I even love the the Robbie Reyes Ghost writer character, to where part of me is like, oh man, I really kind of want to watch this.
2: Ah. There is a way. I, that... I, I think you should. Mm,
1: like, at know. least
2: check out an episode of the Robbery stuff. I would genuinely say that Deathlock will disappoint you, because oh, it's yeah. just so removed from all the Deathlock stuff you like. Exactly. It's literally, what if he looks like Deathlock, but that's it? Yeah, right.
0: And that looked like that was that level of fan service that I'm like, eh, you know, where people were like, oh, watch out. A reliable source has told me that they're actually going to use the word scroll on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, my God, let's watch. You know, I'm like, that doesn't really appeal to me. Um Angel and the Ape. God, I swear to God, there was another one that I was like, oh, I think we mentioned, I thought the Exterminators, which is that short-lived, not especially good Vertigo series. Would have made a pretty amazing TV show unfollow. I mean, unsurprisingly, as time goes on, I think, I think maybe if they took The Walking Dead and turned that into a TV show, I think that
2: could probably be, (laughs) I don't know. No no one, no one would tune in for The Walking Dead. I know, I know.
0: It's, it's hard. It's a hard sell, but I think actually it could be, it could be a big deal. It is kind of funny that that is we, I, I think we can confidently say the most successful Comic book TV show show ever. Yeah. 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 Uh, By far. So it's kind of funny that we, we neatly, and I read it. I know you don't, but I'm like, I read it and I've never, I've watched, I made it through, I think two episodes of the walking dead, that amazing pilot. And then the second episode where I was like, Oh man, this is, Oh, Boy, what it,
2: wasn't that amazing? You know, the pilot really was great, and then you see the second episode, you're like, "This is not the same show." Yeah,
0: it's just like, ah, oh, wow, it's
2: same people, but what happened? <laughs> what happened?
0: Why the bait and switch? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, it's kind of I, I like some of the stuff that Marvel's done with their next Netflix show. So part of me is like, I'm really bummed out. Like I've the descriptions that I've read of Iron Fist. Are have me thinking that they're going to be a lot closer to the to the Marvel uh, premiere issues of Iron Fist before he got his own title, like than than you would think. You know, that I was thinking, you know, the fact that you've I've read descriptions and it's like, yeah. So there's this scene where he confronts Joy Meacham and says that, like, you know, half of this company is mine. And she's like, I don't even know who you are. And are we going to kill him? And she's got a brother who wants him bumped off. I'm like, huh? Yeah, that's remarkably consistent with the first few episodes of Iron Fist. uh." know you know i mean that's it part of me is like shang chi master of kung fu man you know it's like that's where it's at you know <laughs> how about yourself graham are there any must must sees must makes
2: i would love to see dread as a tv series mm. i'd love to see the spirit as a tv series wow yeah the
0: spirit is a tv series that's really interesting i almost feel like the spirit just can't can't be done correctly I mean it, and I say that knowing that I'm wrong that all it honestly all it takes is for someone to create do a spirit TV show where they're interested in making all the female characters genuinely strong characters and and you're you're more or less
2: there kind of I no, I think the other thing with spirit is you have to have someone who is as interested in comedy as they are in action Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. that's true too
0: yeah, I don't know. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh I I but feel I, like
2: I I think Spirit could totally work as a TV series. I I think Dread is tailor-made for a TV series. Yeah. I
0: think Why the Last Man would be actually a really enjoyable TV series. I think I think that would be great, frankly, as a TV show. But um Uh wow, the Spirit. Yeah, part of me is like, "Oh man, you've really got me thinking now." I think we've talked about how Challenges of the Unknown to me is kind of a perfect yeah. TV show premise that I'm kind of surprised it never has landed anywhere, you know. Even in, in sort of the wake of uh, Lost, it, which it would risk being overly compared to, you could
2: still play yeah, with that Yeah, but you can, you can imagine the Challengers pilot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you're like, well, that's just a great concept. Like, that's just a great pilot. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, that would be a great pilot. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know, you know. Uh, it's... Spider-Man, I, you know, part of me is like, I think, I think the S- Spider-Man stuff, if someone chose to kind of take the lead Ditko template for the first couple of years and take that, because, because the thing with Spider-Man is, is you do have, at least for the first hundred issues or so, you have, you do have a character grow and change. You can at least take yeah, a character yeah. from high school all the way through a good chunk of college sort of, more or less, it's only once you get to the end of that road that things are kind of confusing. But by that point, the chances are the show's not going to be on the air at all. You know what I mean?
2: So, I think... Well, then again, you could have Smallville where he he fucking got, you know, high school and then into working for the Daily Planet because the show did not die. (laughs) Amazing that Smallville was on for
1: that long. Ten years,
0: Jeff! Ten years of that show! Like, was that... Was it – who was watching it? Was it all comic book fans? Was it like comic book fans and people who liked – I mean, I don't know. Was Tom Welling still getting shirtless every episode? Like, I don't know. Didn't Michael Rosenbaum or whatever leave the show at one point? Yeah, yeah, like halfway through the series, yes. (laughs) Just after five years, he's like, fuck it. No, no more of this. For God's sakes, no one thought that it was going to last that long. And still it kept running. Was it just the miracle of – it being on the network that it was like, well, we could run this or reality
2: television. And... Exactly, you've got this, and it's a hit. Yeah, let's, let's keep going. It's, it's a hit, hit by our CW. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By by the show. This well, that the... that's just it. Like uh, Supergirl got cancelled by CPS, goes on CW, has exactly the same ratings, and is like the highest rated show on CW.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which was a real smart move on the CW's part. And to be fair, CBS is, or at least I, unless things have changed this year, no,
1: it's CBS
2: been cool. It's the CW. Uh,
0: uh, oh, oh, okay. Well, that's good for them. Oh, is that what the C is? Is the W Warner's and C is? I thought the C was something else.
2: Maybe, maybe. I, I, it's it stands for conventional wisdom television. <laughs> and Western television. That's
0: what I always think. Which. uh Oh boy! What does the CW stand for? I I don't know. I I hope you're googling it right now, as opposed I'm, to asking okay. the listeners.
2: Uh, it's a limited li- uh, a limited liability joint venture between CBS Corporation and Warner Brothers Entertainment. Okay, there you go. So you go. Yeah. It is. It's C and W. Oh, okay. Well, it's very smart of
0: them to to move it over there because again, high ratings. I don't know if they had to cut the budget. If
2: are, are you, you're not. Why do I get the sense you're not watching that show, or are you? Oh, Yeah, I, I am. I, but I, I do the same as you because I, CBS doesn't stream. Mm. So I'm simultaneously catching up with season one on Netflix now and watching season two on the CW's um, app. Ah, okay. Okay. Now I would like to
0: say that same as me, but that's like the same as Jeff intends.
1: <laughs> I haven't <laughs> well, even
2: started like, watching it. You, you have, like, you have to, uh, I, I I don't think, like, you could just watch Netflix. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it's not like you're paying attention to The Flash or any of the shows that could cross over into. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, and even then, it doesn't really bother me. So, yeah, as long as it's not crossing over with CSI or some shit. So, um, <laughs> which would be an amazing episode. Law and Order Supergirl. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Graham,
2: we're running. Uh, we're probably running close to the end of this I think yeah think? I, I think we should wrap this up yeah we're, this is my birthday close, episode gonna... to two hours yeah um, happy birthday Jeff we're gonna celebrate your birthday by wrapping it up in under two hours <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is where I do the closing bit yes I guess is what you're trying to say so I will wait what is brought to you by the letters W and W you can find us on the internet at uh, com, where you'll find show notes for this episode and every episode of Weight Watt and Baxter Building as well as occasional text pieces by Jeff Lester and myself and less occasional more frequent more yes. let's go with more frequent text pieces from Matt Terrell <laughs> Uh we're on Tumblr WaitwapPod dot Tumblr dot com. We are on Twitter at Wait what Jeff is on Twitter solo at Laceybast at L A Z Y B E S T I D. I am on Twitter solo at Graham M at G R A E M E M. And we are also a Patreon supported podcast. When I say the word patreon, Jeff Lester gets all excited because it means he gets to talk about an all powerful space cat. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to maybe inform the listeners of what they're missing? It's true. Uh, We are incredibly grateful for our our
0: kind-hearted supporters on Patreon who uh, make all of this possible. Uh, As Graham usually uh, mentions, that the Baxter Building podcast is specifically something that exists because of our wonderful patrons. And uh, we are deeply indebted to the kind crew at American Ninth Art Studios as well as Empress Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy, both for their continuing support of this podcast and for the fact that the uh, Empress Audrey has yet to crush the galaxy within her all-powerful, ubiquitous paw.
2: So, lucky us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's your birthday gift from Empress Audrey this year. Yeah, that's right. It's true. Another year of existence. Huzzah. Huzzah,
0: I have to say.
2: Jeff! <laughs> You're now uh, – it's your silver anniversary. That's right. Uh, do you want to drop some hints to people as to where you're actually going on vacation? I don't think you should just like tell them outright. That's kind of weird. But I think you should drop a hint because it's kind of exciting. I
0: love the fact that you actually think telling someone outright is weird, but hinting at something is is cool and exciting. That yeah. explains so much about you, Graham. I don't even think <laughs> if you know, for everyone who's always wondered or has put together an angry little compilation of, uh, Graham being like, what nuts? I can't tell you this now, but Jeff and I will be talking about <laughs> later
2: this thing that I can't oh, mention, shit. but You're could. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's, I should follow up on what I said in the last Baxter building, which is that I was talking about why our schedule is being super weird. And I tell them why this episode, this is why the schedule's weird, because Jeff's going on vacation. That's right. That is right.
0: I am, uh, I I don't know, part of me is like, I decided it's 50, I kind of want to cheeseball it up. Um, so I am doing the complete 50 thing, which is I am going to cosplay the, uh? as Darren McGavin uh from Kolchak the night stalker and i am going to go on a cruise boat and be convinced that there's
2: a werewolf on
0: it with me so i'm very excited I, about this
2: i don't know why i find the phrase cruise boat so amusing cruise boat i guess that is
0: true a cruise ship <laughs> i guess a cruise boat is no, no, kind no. of a
2: Cru- cruise boat because it suggests there are other cruise vehicles
0: there are Do you know what you what? haven't lived until you've been on a cruise jet. Let me tell you. Uh, so anyway, yeah, there. I I am going on a cruise to Hawaii and back, which is going to take a good chunk of time. I am looking forward to bringing my lovely wife an iPad loaded with comic
2: books, uh, and I, I'm just fucking
0: off. None
2: yeah. of for for it's three weeks, right? Uh the the cruise. Yeah, it's, it's fifteen days. Oh, it's 15 just fifteen. For some reason I thought it was three weeks. Jeff, that's going to be a spectacular fifteen days. I think so as well, Graham. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate I you generously breaking out the word spectacular for it. Oh, it's true. It's been a while, hasn't it? You know what else I thought about earlier on today that mm. it's been a while? Do you remember when you used to call this a peaceling? <laughs> Wait, I used to call what? The the podcast a peaceling.
0: Do I do remember that. Oh my God. Yes. Why did I do that? That was, uh, cause it was, it was a joke that we had, but it was also some sort of, uh, I went through a period. Oh, you know what it was? It was a passive aggressive way of, I didn't want to say that it was a podcast for the Savage Critic website. Cause I wasn't sure when we were going to break away and become our own thing. So the the I think it's the you can pretty much count on it for the last year that we're with the Savage Critic, where I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do go do our own thing. I'm pretty sure of it, and I was kind of aware that if we did jump and become our own thing, um, I wanted to be able to uh, basically not make it sound like it was something that was specifically created for the Savage Critic, even though that was a thing that I said for the first. 120 episodes or something. At some point, I stopped saying it. So that's why. The peace, the peesling. sling. But there was also a pun that we had involved in it where I don't remember why, but. Well, it was the, the pod and pee. Oh, peas in a pod. Right. And instead of a cast, a sling. Oh, wow. Yeah. A peesling. sling. Jesus. Wow. I'm impressed that you were able to reverse engineer that. Although, really, that doesn't say anything other than. I'm brain addled in 50, at 50 because I'm like, I have no idea where this term came from. Uh, I think because you like to urinate and I like to throw it at people, I, as I recall.
2: <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs> Remember the urine throwing days? Ah, oh yes, God, It's all gone horribly downhill. <laughs> uh, we are going to be back next week, despite Jeff being on vacation That's with right. another Baxter building. Yes, we are going to be doing uh, issues 201 through issues 214 of the Fantastic Four series, and if you've ever once to Jeff and I just downright hate what we're reading, that's the episode Ooh. to tune in for.
0: Yeah, I got to tell you, it's kind of a kind of a darkest timeline episode. We hopefully things will get better after there, but yeah, it, it's going to
2: be. It's going to be something to listen to, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. Holy moly. Yes, it is. Uh, But yes, we'll be back next week. uh, Even though Jeff will be on the the moving seas. As opposed to the unmoving seas? I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) happy birthday one more time, Jeff Lester. Thank you, Graham. Thank you so much. Uh, To everyone else, happy Halloween. If you're celebrating that sort of shit. And otherwise,. Bye. (laughs) You're celebrating that sort of shit.
0: Beautiful. That's just beautiful.